You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Well, hello and welcome back. I'm Alyssa. Uh, in light of the recent Super Bowl, I thought maybe today we could touch on a mindfulness topic because uh, what I had read the day of the Super Bowl, because I don't really watch football, but I was kind of looking up different statistics about it. And the uh, number of calories we consume on Super Bowl Sunday is only second to Thanksgiving. Honestly, I was floored. It was an average of between uh, the range was 8,000 calories to 11,000 calories in one day. And it just struck oh me. Goodness. How, <laughs> how does your body recoup from that, right? And so um, it made me think of mindful eating because <laughs> that's part of the problem, right? Because we are doing something else or we get excited or there's so many reasons. I mean, I certainly have this problem too. We eat emotionally or we you know, indulge too much in comfort foods, but even 8,000, let's take the low end. Average person- like a whole needs- week for me. <laughs> It's recommended that women consume 1,600 to 2,400 calories a day. And that's, you know, based on your activity level and your age, your age affects it. Um, Men, it's higher. It's like 2,200 to 3,000 calories a day, but 8,000 calories in one day and about 2,500 to 3,000 of those calories is just while the game is on. Oh, good Lord. I mean, it's a long game if you're not a big football watcher, but it's, but that's like, just shoveling food and how could you eat that much food? So um, I know I have fallen off the mindful eating wagon a little bit, which we can talk about. Um, but I, I thought that might be a good topic for people because there's so much news right now about weight and, you know, with all the new shots you can take to reduce weight. And mm-hmm. I just thought maybe, you know, we could talk about mindful eating. Well, I think it's good timing too, because we all know the resolution bandwagon, right? Everybody starts <laughs> the new year like we have got this. (laughs) We're going to lose weight. It's going to happen. I'm going to start eating better. And then the world throws at us all these holidays (laughs) right away. (laughs) It's like, it's so hard to stay on it. And it's funny because I was looking up some stats and New Year's resolutions, according to Forbes, the research that they did, the longest they last three months. And the percent of them that fail are over 80%. So that's crazy, right? So I think it's it's a good topic right now because I think we're all kind of getting to that like three point three month mark where we're maybe not doing our New Year's resolution like we had planned. And here at our office, we don't really follow resolutions uh, simply because they do tend to fail. And it would be better to try to do all of those things year round instead of thinking, oh, new year, new me. <laughs> Let's just be that way the whole year instead of trying all over again. Um, you know, 3,500 calories, you were talking about the calories, 3,500 calories is one pound. Okay. So if you're eating 8,000 calories in one day at a minimum, 
you're gaining more than a pound. (laughs) You're gaining more like two to three pounds just in one day. And it's really difficult because I think, especially for stress eating and things like that, it's hard to be mindful about what you're eating because for me, I'm a boredom eater. I don't get stressful eating. That doesn't help me at all. In fact, I get less hungry when I'm stressed out. For me, it's boredom where it's like, well, what can I do right now? I'm going to go have a snack. And it's typically whatever is easiest to grab out of the refrigerator. It's not usually something that's like, you know, I have to make something I want to snack on. And those are typically the things that are not so good for you. (laughs) There's two things here out of what you just said. One is the other downside, you know, I stopped making New Year's resolutions, I don't know, 20 years ago, because I started to realize what happens. You get very depressed when you don't reach your resolution by February. You know what I mean? Like by February, you're already slacking off. But the other thing I think happens is it motivates us into more unhealthy behaviors toward the end of the year because we start thinking, oh, well, you know, January is back on track, right? That's (laughs) so true. And it's just a date, but mentally we, we do see it as a fresh start. So it's like, oh, you know what? Okay. I will consume I don't even know. I didn't look up the numbers for Thanksgiving, but if it's higher than the Super Bowl, that's terrifying. <laughs> and so I think in our minds are like, okay, whatever, I'll just you know start over on January 1st. Well, we did that for the Super Bowl. Jeff and I, my husband, we were like, okay, we've been doing so good for <laughs> so long. We're going to splurge on Super Bowl. And then I stepped on the scale the next day and I was like, good God, what, what happened? What did I do? <laughs> well, Mental health is in crisis right now. So I'm sure a lot of people are eating for comfort reasons or in response to stress. Or I also, I have that same problem with boredom too. I'm like, well, what can I do? And then I start thinking of things and it's always something to consume, either to drink or to eat. (laughs) But basically, let's set all of that aside. And this isn't just about weight. So I want to make sure we talk about this too. But the average American as of a study done in 2021, it's been going steadily up since 1960s, but the uh, average American consumes between 3,600 and 3,800 calories a day. So that's a thousand or more over the recommended amounts. Now, the recommended amounts, you know, you have to keep in mind, part of that is based on what we need for energy and Mm -hmm. also what we can maintain. We can burn about 2,400 calories a day just doing normal. (laughs) I think we're more sedentary now is another problem. But if we did normal activities, we got up, we walked around, we moved around all day, and then just our body burning calories, then we we maintain the same level, right? We're not getting weight every day. Uh, But of course, in this country, especially, it is spreading, by the way, to Europe and to other countries, Africa, even, um, I forgot which country it was, that they're uh, actually getting very close to our level of caloric consumption. Really? Yeah. It's just one country. Because, I mean, of course, there's a lot of famine in Africa, too. It's the other extreme. But basically, I mean, I think everyone knows that Americans are becoming very well known for obesity. And mm-hmm. so I did look this up. So 71%, according to the CDC, 71% of us are overweight or obese in this country. 71%. Now, I am definitely overweight. I don't think I'm obese, but I could definitely drop some pounds. <laughs> and so, Wow. Yeah. What's their definition of obese, though? I mean, that's, I guess... That's probably why you're thinking, you don't think you're obese. I can look at you and go, no, you're not. But I mean, what's their definition? I I have not looked this up for a long time, but I think it's something like if your BMI is over 30%, Mm -hmm. I think it's something to do with the BMI. Um, I honestly can't remember now exactly what causes- For those of you that don't know is body mass index. So they kind of take your height and your weight and calculate it that way and your age. Yeah. 
yeah, we're, we're pushing it. And of course, it's not, a, I'm not talking about looks or fashion or something. This is about our health. If Absolutely. we're, if we're that overweight, I mean, and that's when I say, I know I'm overweight because I am overweight and my body fat is higher than it should be because I'm not getting enough activity again. But it's a matter of what it does to your heart. It's a matter of maybe what it does to your mental health because you're not happy with how you feel or maybe how you look. Um, and so the whole reason mindful eating popped into my head is because I realized as I was thinking about this, that I have not been eating mindfully. And part of that is, you know, starting January 2nd, I was slammed, didn't have time to cook nice, healthy meals. And, you know, January was my worst month as far as busyness. February has been pretty darn busy too. And it's just a habit. And so I've gotten out of the habit. And the main thing I have done that I realize, and I'm sure millions of people do this, is we eat distractedly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think even this includes things like events like the Super Bowl or Thanksgiving or going to the movies and eating a giant bucket of popcorn or, you know, whatever it is that we do, it's because we're doing something else simultaneously. So we're not paying attention. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I've gone to movies with people that can wolf down the whole bucket of popcorn just during the previews. Oh yeah. And I mean, the soda too. Yeah. It, the, the regular size soda is now like this bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like drinking an entire two liter bottle of soda. Yeah. When would you ever do that? You don't do that at home, right? Same right. Thing with the popcorn. It's like, that is much bigger than a personal bag of popcorn that you typically share with the family. <laughs> it's a little out of hand. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I think uh, it's very interesting that you bring up the, you know, the health part and the looks part, because it really, at least for me, and I am blessed to have good genetics where, you know, I have an athletic body, but I do, I am overweight right now. And mine is based on looks because that's the way I can tell when I'm overweight. I don't really like the scale very much, so I don't use it a lot. So the way I look is the way that I judge myself being overweight, but that may not be the healthiest way to do that. Right. Because I am going by, you know, this beauty standard that is just completely unrealistic. But I, I know when I start to feel achier, like when my joints are feeling a little like kind of sore, that's when I know I'm not eating good. And that's yeah. really what I think we could try to focus on more is how we feel in relation to what we're eating. And yeah. I think that's a, another mindful way to eat. So why don't you tell us how, how you go about mindful eating? Okay. Well, first of all, when you eat, you only eat. And this is where I have fallen off the wagon. Um, and what I was about to say is I'm sure, you know, most people do this these days is uh, because I'm busy, instead of taking a meal break where I'm just focusing on the food, which, and I want to get into savoring in a minute, but instead of just focusing on the food, I am trying to task switch. So I am researching online for an article or a blog or a presentation I'm trying to get ready while I'm shoveling food in my mouth, which means I'm not paying attention to how much I'm consuming and I am not savoring the food. So it's not as satisfying, right? So mindful eating is really where you're, when you eat, just like anything, you focus on the thing you're doing, right? So when you eat, you only eat. You don't scroll while you're eating. You don't go on the computer while you're eating. Another habit I've gotten into in the mornings because I'm kind of rushed is there are certain uh, shows I like that are on late at night, so I can't watch them because I'm asleep. So in the morning, while I'm eating breakfast, I'm catching up on those shows. Oh. Right? I'm watching TV instead of while I'm eating, which again, it's a distraction. 
And we have a lot of distractions. <laughs> so the idea is for mindful eating, you slow down, you uh, pay attention to every detail of the food you're eating. And this is what leads to savoring. And savoring is a wonderful, easy activity to do. And it does, it's the process of using your thoughts and um, actions to increase, um, it increases the intensity, the duration, and the appreciation of positive experiences. So if you think about maybe you're wanting um, something to eat, you're bored, and you're like, oh, just do celery sticks sound good right now? No, they're not going to sound good because it sounds boring, right? Um, no, I'm going to get chips or, you know, you know what I mean? But if you are, if you get in the practice of mindful eating, try eating a celery stick where you do this. There are multiple unique flavors inside celery. And right? textures, right? Yeah. Then you've got the texture. There's the water. Like it kind of makes your mouth water because it's a, it's full of water. It's really good for you because it's got fiber too. But if you just, with anything you eat, if you slow down and pay attention to how does this smell? What's the texture? What's the sound? Um, what's the uh, feeling as you're chewing? Cause you know, foods have different textures. Um, I don't know if I did this to you as a child, but I know I got this from my elders, um, which was chew your food at least, you know, whatever they used to say 20 times. Now the recommendation is 30 times, but you did, did, you did drill that into my mind. For those of you that don't know, Teresa and I are mother daughter. <laughs> and yes, you did drill that into my mind when I was quite young, 20 bites, each one, 20, 20 times. <laughs> but one of the things that, um, that I discovered by accident in teaching mindful eating was, and I use apples. The, the common thing in mindfulness is raisins, but I, I don't like raisins. So I use apples. And so I'll take a whole bushel of apples to a workshop and everybody gets an apple and we practice this savoring. But when you savor, it's really interesting because the brain lights up and starts giving you feel-good hormones. So now if you think about, oh, we get a hit of dopamine when we eat, you know, I don't know, a chocolate cream, a piece of chocolate cream pie, we're getting a hit of dopamine. You can get the same hit of dopamine out of healthy foods if you slow down and savor it. And then on top of that, mindful eating is a way to strengthen your mindfulness in general. So if you're learning to savor with food, you're going to start learning to savor more of life. You start noticing more positive aspects of life because the brain starts to rewire. So I think that that's fascinating. I, that's I, kind I, of tuned into the smaller little things, right? And yeah. I know we've talked about this in workshops before too. It's interesting your ability to savor something that's healthy versus your ability to savor something that is not healthy. So if you try to savor a Lay's potato chip yep. and you try to do it for 20 seconds, it's already disintegrated and gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't. That's actually where I was heading. So thank you. Yeah. Think of a McDonald's French fry. Can you chew a French fry 30, 30 now they're saying chew 30 times a bite? No. It, and it's designed to do that. So, it, so are Lay's potato chips. Because it coats your tongue, the salt lingers there, you know, a little and bit. You want more, and you want more. Yeah, <laughs> the companies in in the United States have really greatly increased portion size. Like if you go to a restaurant now, the food that comes is is like, oh my god! Every time I go out and it's a full plate of food, there's no way I could consume that much in one meal. Yeah. And then there's the supersized and the large, uh, you know, I don't go to fast food restaurants that often. I'm trying to, well, maybe I shouldn't call out the one I went to, but I asked for a small and the answer was, we don't have small. Yeah. 
So many of them have eliminated the small size. So the smallest you can get is medium. And the medium is actually large, (laughs) extra large or what they used to be. Right. When I was a kid and you were getting a small, it was like this little cup like this. Yeah. And now a small is a medium, a medium's a large. A large is like a yeah. two-liter bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're conditioned to be honestly adding way too many calories. And now it's that's the problem. Because we've been conditioned now, then it seems normal. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody does, right? When you go and you get, you know, a triple cheeseburger with large fries because they don't have smaller meat or whatever it is. And so it's tr- it's almost like it's trying to normalize overeating. Yeah. And then of course it starts this cycle. Then we don't feel good afterwards. There's a huge impact on our mental health. Um, I, so I want to ask you this. Do you know, do you know what the size of an empty stomach is? It can't be very big. Like the, the size, size of your fist. Yep. Size of your <laughs> fist. Okay. So that if you weren't stretching it, that your stomach could ho- can hold about nine ounces of food. My gosh, when you go to a restaurant and you order a steak, I mean, the, the steak is nine ounces by itself. And that doesn't include your appetizer and your sides and your drink. Yeah. Wow. So nine ounces. Now, here's the scary part. And this is how we're all able to do what we do is it can expand up to 75 times the original size, which means it can hold up to six pounds in your digestive tract. And I, I guess, I mean, I guess there are some people that might go further, but giving. <laughs> exactly. But now picture what six pounds of food looks like. Like well, the five- think about, Okay. So like a sack of potatoes, you go yeah. buy a sack of potatoes. That is a five pound. Yeah. Would you want that sitting in your, Oh <laughs> no. And imagine how hard that is on your digestive tract. Right. Oh trying gosh, to not just that, it. but your brain. I mean, think of yeah. what food does to your brain. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, that that's fascinating. I have to eat more than nine ounces, I'm suspecting, in a meal. Well, maybe I don't have to, but I certainly, I, I don't know if I would feel, feel full. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to try it. Um, but one of the things that I do, which is why I think I'm shocked when I go out, is I do use salad size plates at home. Mm-hmm. I don't use a big dinner plate because when you pile, when you, well, we tend to fill up whatever is available in anything, right? But if you fill up a full-size plate, unless it's all salad, you're talking to probably two or three pounds of food, right? Wow. Well, it's funny because when I make dinner, you know, we do use the large dinner plates and I'll make dinner and I, I cook pretty healthy. You know, we're a pretty healthy eating family, but I'll look at the plate and I'm like, cause you have in your brain what it might look like when you go to a restaurant. And I look at the plate and it's like, Ooh, that looks pretty sparse. <laughs> But it's probably plenty. A skill I've developed is that I I do not eat till I'm full. Yeah, I do not eat until I'm uncomfortable. I always stop eating when I am satisfied, yeah. and I just have digestive issues. And so for me, it's like I cannot eat past that point because I will feel it for days. Yeah, and I just another thing that's interesting to me when you were talking about you know the savoring part and how you condition your brain to do those kinds of things. I kind of have a weird strategy and I think I developed this as a child, but it was grilled into me that soda causes cavities, candy causes cavities, all of these things cause cavities. There was never anything about getting, you know, overweight or whatever when I was a kid, but it was all about cavities, 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 cavities. Okay. I was kind of (laughs) obsessed about good teeth. Because you did not like the dentist. (laughs) 
I still don't drink soda because I have put into my brain, I can visualize the soda going into my mouth and giving me cavities. And so it's not even like tempting for me to have a soda because I have trained my brain that it is just, nope, that's just not part of our, our diet. And the same thing with candy. I really don't eat candy either for the same reason. I mean, chocolate, I don't consider chocolate candy. Oh, I see. (laughs) Well, it's not technically. (laughs) I have my own rules. (laughs) Because most people eat mindlessly. They're not thinking in advance, right? You know, a lot of people feel like then it's taking something away. You're restricting yourself somehow. But in fact, the healthier we eat, the better we feel physically and mentally. So, you know, and you know, I have my own weaknesses with certain foods, but, and, and I drink wine, you know, so you could say, well, you know, all of that needs to go. I don't think you need to take a drastic approach to it. I think it's just when, even with drinking wine, if you drink wine mindfully, you can do anything mindfully, right? But that means I am doing the little small yay thing. I'm smelling it each time. I'm taking small sips. I'm noticing how it tastes. I am paying attention. Well, that is slowing down my consumption. I was just going to say that, right? I'm just being, trying to pay attention to the color. I love the color, you know, swirling it around and you see if it sticks to the glass, like all those things, all of those things are savoring. Mm. Again, you're paying attention, but you're also really enhancing the positive experience of something. When you eat something new, like a lot of people don't, don't experiment or branch out with food. But if you just, instead of thinking, oh, I don't want that I know for me, for a long time, I didn't try curry. It just did not smell good to me at first. And then, of course, as my palate grew, then it was like, oh, and I do like some curries now. But it's, the point is, is you don't have to eat a lot of anything. It's experimenting and it's savoring. And then there will be some things you don't like, right? But the point is, even if you don't like it, think of how many things you've eaten that were not great, but you eat the whole thing because you think you're hungry or you're bored or whatever it is. For a while, I was very utilitarian about it years and years ago. It was like, food is, food is fuel. I'm just going to eat like the healthiest things and get it down. And I don't care what it tastes like. I don't, I don't like that approach. <laughs> I tried it. I didn't like it because we get a ton of pleasure from food, a ton. It's hitting all of our senses. We're touching it. We're tasting it. We're smelling it. We're, you know what I mean? There's colors, there's textures, all that stuff again. So if we just slow down, so I, you know, I would, I would uh, sort of challenge our listeners. If you have an unhealthy attraction to some food, try eating it mindfully. And it doesn't mean you don't have to eat it or don't get to eat it. You can eat it as long as you want. But if you slow down and you try to see how many times you can chew eating it and you try to see how many sensory experiences you're having. So if you take a Lay's potato chip, okay, there's some sensory experience in there. It's very brief, right? And it's not Okay, it's not like there's a lot of color to a Lay's potato chip. I'm sorry, not just Lay's, any potato chip. I'm not trying to pick on Lay's. Um, And I like Lay's potato chips, don't get me wrong. But if you try to really uh, have a savory experience, it's not so easy if it's something that's really not good for you. And it's very easy if it's something really good for you. Yeah. Right? That's Yeah. Um, It's funny. I have a friend who years ago, she's very healthy. Her family is very... um, healthy as well. And she told me that, uh, what she got her kids to understand was that sometimes we eat for pleasure and sometimes we eat for nurturing and for feeding our systems basically. So it kind of shifted their thought around food where it's like food can be pleasurable. Absolutely. 
but we also need to nurture our systems. And I think, especially with our, the food system, the way it is in the United States, it's so depleted of nutrients. And I think that if we can start to pay a little more attention to that part of the food process and we can really see, is this food nurturing me? Is this something that's, that's, I'm not, sorry, not nurture, nourish me. Yeah. Is this food nourishing me or am I eating it for pleasure? There's nothing wrong with eating for pleasure. And sometimes it can do both, but I think we need a healthy balance of getting that nourishment and making sure that we can still enjoy food and have a healthy relationship with it but be mindful about what we're doing to our bodies in the process. Because yeah. I think that we, as, as a society, we're not very healthy and I don't think it's by accident, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, planning going into all that, uh, but we can make the best of it. And food is amazing. I mean, I love food. So as if we can develop that healthy relationship with it, we can feel better. We can have more energy. We can, nourish our brains even. I mean, the connection to food and your brain, your gut and your brain is incredible. Absolutely. So yeah, really important. I know there's probably a lot of people don't know that not all of the hormonal chemicals and uh, enzymes and all of that are produced in the brain. Many of them are produced in the gut. Yeah. And one of the key ones for mental health is serotonin. Mm -hmm. So serotonin is generated in your gut. So if your gut is not healthy, you're going to already have a, a, at least a somewhat uphill battle to not feel either feel depressed or fall easily into depression because you're not getting the chemicals that you need that pull us up. Yeah. Um, sugar is one of the worst, right? Really just tears your gut up. And again, th that doesn't mean just manufactured sugar. We get too much even from fruits or you know other sources. I do use that as my example for other things. So if I'm going to eat chips, because I do love chips, then I you know, try to think, okay, how do I at least balance it with something? So if I'm going to eat a chip, then what can I dip it in that's healthy, like hummus, right? Mm -hmm. So that I'm getting something good. Or I learned this back, and this most people won't even know what this is, but like it was 25, 30 years ago, we, the whole family went on the zone diet. And it was all about balancing, you know, the macronutrients in food. And that has stuck with me. I don't just drink a glass of wine on an empty stomach. I eat it with a slice of cheese or, you know, uh, cut up vegetables or something. Because then you're slowing down how quickly your body turns that food into pure sugar mm -hmm. <laughs> or fat. Um, and so it's really just, again, being mindful about you, what, you're, what you're putting in your body. If I eat a hamburger for lunch... Um, I don't eat them for dinner. I will say that. But if I'm going to eat poorly, it tends to be lunch. And that's because I figure I've got time to try to counterbalance. <laughs> so if I'm going to have a cheeseburger and French fries, um, which I love, I don't get me wrong. I love it, but I feel terrible usually afterwards. So now I can't, I have to make sure I don't finish it. I never finish the fries. I don't get cheese on it. Like I do everything I can to kind of reduce some of the impact, but then I make sure I'm going to have a healthy dinner or maybe just a snack at dinner, a healthy snack to kind of, again, try to balance that load on my body. So you can be mindful in planning what you're going to eat, including things that are just for, um, uh, what'd you say? Just for pleasure. pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, and also then try to think in terms of daily nutrients, what do you need to do to counterbalance maybe what you've done to your body during the day? And then eat mindfully, even when you're eating. So, I mean, I will say like when I eat a, a, a hamburger mindfully, it isn't just, I don't know, it's an explosion of flavors in my mouth. You've got, you know, you've got the meat and the pickles and the 
you know, uh, mustard or, you know, whatever your condiment is and onions, which I love onions and, and it smells delicious. And the bread is like little puffs of clouds because there's no nutrients <laughs> in it. <laughs> As you bite in though, it is a very sensory experience. Yeah. But if you continue paying attention, it's kind of like what you said, you notice that ooh, about halfway through, you're not really hungry anymore. So if you keep eating, it's not going to be pleasurable later. Right. right. And so that's part of just, again, awareness, paying attention to what your body's telling you. Yeah. I think a great way or a great tool that you can use too is food journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing this years and years ago when I started teaching yoga and I documented what I ate every day. And it's fascinating if you start doing it because you don't realize yeah. how many calories you're sticking in your mouth on a daily basis that Oh, I'm not going to count the the two teaspoons of sugar in my coffee. That was just a little bit. Well, no, that's still calories. <laughs> and I was I was consuming way too many calories, and they were empty calories. They weren't really things that were nourishing my body, like I said before. So that food journal is great, not only for that, but also if you can document how you feel after the mm-hmm. meals. You know, did this make me feel good? Do I have energy? Do I feel sleepy? Do I feel like I want to go take a nap? Do I even feel a little down? Some yeah. foods bring you down. They, you know, suppress the, the serotonin. So I think it's really important that we just pay more attention. That's all mindfulness really is. It's paying attention to the present moment, how it's making you feel, the thoughts running through your head, the feelings that you're feeling, all of it. I will say um, this year, so, um, you know, I made chicken wings for Super Bowl and I actually really love chicken wings. I the love chicken wings. <laughs> We, we lived in Buffalo, New York when Buffalo wings became a thing, right? And so I've been addicted to them ever since. Um, but of course, I like it with the, the buttery sauce and the blue cheese dressing and, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, fortunately, I had already been reading all of this about what we consume on Super Bowl Sunday. I think in the United States, it's 1.3 billion chicken wings get eaten. <laughs> so I found- Oh my gosh, all the poor chickens. Jeez. <laughs> yes, they're missing a lot of wings. I mean, it wasn't as appealing. I ate like four chicken wings instead of a mm. plate full of chicken wings. And I ate more celery dipped in the blue cheese <laughs> than, than the chicken wings. But the point is maybe part of it too is, you know, be mindful about being informed mm-hmm. right? because that can help you. Like you were saying, certain things that you've got embedded in your head, it alters the way you make your choices. And so anyone can read about different kinds of food or, you know, of course, one of the reasons we have a challenge here in this country is all the processed foods, which um, unfortunately is now spreading, you know, everywhere. But for a long time, it was just the United States that ate really horribly processed food. But I think we have to start turning this trend around because our healthcare system cannot support it. And and for seventy one percent of adults to be over, let's just say overweight, since we don't know exactly what the demarcation is, three quarters of the population is overweight. Right? That's that should be a signal to us. And and nothing against doing anything else. You know, if you want to go on diets, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of going on diets because I think most of them are not sustainable. Um, the latest round of all the shots you can get that everybody's losing a bunch of weight, I think that's great for them. And I'm I'm not in any way saying it's not great that they can drop pounds that maybe they haven't been able to for years. But at the same time, be mindful about the fact that number one, we already know now that if you stop taking those shots, the weight comes back. And secondly, no one knows the long-term side effects. Yeah, so, there's already side effects that they're documenting now that yeah. are turning up. So it's it's important to understand the risks. It absolutely is. And, and again, the point, I'm not saying don't do it if that's what you need to do. But 
be mindful about it. Pay attention to, oh, okay, is is there another way to do this or is this really, and for some people, it really is their only way to do it, that they're obese and their health is at risk. And if they can shed those pounds quickly, that's, you know, that may be you know, based on their doctor's recommendations. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but just try something. If you're not in that state, if you're just in the, like me, I'm just, I know I'm overweight and Melissa, you're talking about looks. It's not even looks. It's just my, my clothes are tight. So yeah. I know I put on pounds. And, and I was already not super thrilled with, with the size of my clothes as it was. And again, not so much for the looks, although I feel like I look better when I'm thinner, but it's, again, I don't want my knees to hurt, you know, and I'm getting older. My knees don't hurt right now, but I feel like I'm on that little, I can tell when I go over a certain point, my knees hurt when I'm standing and walking around all day or uh, my back or, you know, whatever it is. So it's really just to be mindful, checking in, how do I feel? practice eating mindfully. You know, if you if you've never done it, I don't recommend you start out three meals a day trying to eat mindfully. Just pick one or pick a snack and just experiment with it and notice the difference because once you start getting those hits, um again, I'm not a big fruit eater, but when I eat an apple mindfully, it's an enormous difference in the amount of my appreciation of that apple. Oh, we didn't say that. That's another part of mindful eating is appreciation. So it's being grateful not just for the taste and the smell and the, you know, everything to do with your sensory experience, but in really bringing to mind how you got that food, how many people helped process, you know, like picked it in the farms or raised the animals or whatever, and all the different stages it goes through. And our food comes from everywhere in the world now. So, you know, when I buy something at Trader Joe's and it it says it's, you know, from Chile, like it's like a, I try to be fascinated by the fact that we now live in a, in a time where you can get any food from any season from anywhere in the world. Yeah. So we could look at that as a blessing and be grateful that we have this abundance of options, but to appreciate it and then to slow down and enjoy it, savor it while we eat it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Wonderful. Well, okay. I'm, I'm motivated. I'm going to try to get back Quit, quit watching screens when I'm eating to see if I can get back to really savoring my food. I hope all of you try it too. And uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And we will have a meditation for you guys next week. And uh, if you have any comments or any questions, please go ahead and leave some in the uh, comment section on YouTube, or you can follow us on our Instagram uh, at a mindful moment podcast or on our website, a mindful This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and reading recommendations. A Mindful Moment is hosted by Teresa McKee and Melissa Sims. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.